it's just because like I tend to just naturally understand what the community would would accept, and I don't really try to push things that I don't think would be successful. Uh, I mean, there's like some minutia around um, you know scaling strategies and uh, statelessness and state management strategies, where like myself and some other core developers have some different opinions, and so. There's a lot of back and forth where we try to sort of satisfy each other's concerns. Yeah, my sense from afar is you're more coordinating than dictating, and you're doing what? Are you running the Ethereum Foundation? Is there an organization you're part of, or are you just kind of a roving individual with a laptop and a few friends who just kind of writes blog posts and submits uh, proposals? <laughs> In some of both, and I do, you know, I've, uh, I do the, the proposal submitting. I have do, you know, some some writing proof of concepts. Um, and, you know, in Python, I uh, do some uh, kind of trying to coordinate people. The Ethereum Foundation as an organization exists. So the executive director of that is um, Ayumi Aguchi. Um, she has been doing a lot of the logistical things for about the past uh, three years and has done an uh, amazing job. And, you know, I end up uh, kind of coordinating and working with her quite a lot on uh, uh, various things. But you know, even the Ethereum Foundation, like it has an important role because it has this kind of a large pool of capital and this kind of high level of uh, kind of public legitimacy. But it's uh, not nearly the only organization within Ethereum, right? Like there's a lot of proposals that got initiated on the outside. Um, there's a lot of proposals um, that got a really huge amount of community support coming from uh, the outside. Even organizations other than the Ethereum Foundation that have a lot of resources within the Ethereum ecosystem. So, like for example, for the first few years, Consensus um, did quite a lot. In Consensus is still doing a lot, uh, but now we all, there's also a Uniswap whose treasury has just grown a huge amount, and they are, are even wealthier than the Ethereum Foundation is. So, uh, it, it, I think in practice, it does end up being this kind of loose collaborative effort between a lot of diff different groups. So Uniswap is interesting. Uniswap is, uh, for those of you who don't know, it's an application built on top of Ethereum, but it has its own token. And it's the mm -hmm. uh, it's a f uh, one of the first uh, automated market makers, a decentralized platform for exchanging cryptocurrencies with each other without having mm -hmm. to use a centralized authority like a Coinbase or a Gemini or a CoinList. Instead, you just go on to, you go to Uniswap and it's a smart contract. It's not owned or run by anybody except the community and a few developers and there's a token associated with it, but you can just automatically trade with this smart contract to turn, say, your Ethereum into a stable coin to get the equivalent of dollars or back. This shows how the Ethereum ecosystem is very different than the Bitcoin ecosystem. In the Bitcoin ecosystem, there's only one coin, there's Bitcoin, and they don't really tolerate other tokens in their orbit. Whereas with Ethereum, you have a lot of other tokens in the orbit. And so you'll see blockchains that are competing with Ethereum that are trying to, you know, they're making different trade-offs and, you know, whether it's Flow or Ava or Near or whatever, there's a whole bunch of those. But then there's also people who are built on top of you, like Balancer and Curve and Uniswap and whatnot. And so what's your view on all these other tokens?